3: It's a Numbers Game with your host, Gil Alexander. you want those idiots who believe in analytics?
5: Good Thursday morning, too. It is a Numbers Game right here at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubos, Link, Gay Plus, iHeartRadio. However you're taking us in this morning, we appreciate it. Bill Krakenberger, hour number two, as is always the case, unscripted. Hour two on Thursday. And this morning, hour number one, producer number five of a Numbers Game. And the host of Visa's Bet Center, Ladies and gentlemen, it's Jeff Parlay. How you doing, Jeffrey? I'm good, Gil. It's uh, it, it's a good morning. Uh, the air conditioning is now working
0: again in my apartment, so that's a, that's a step in the right direction after a few hours of, uh, I, I don't want to say panic, but... Uh, it's back to working. It's working. Oh, We're good. good. We're good. After, after, of course, the second hottest day of the year, and of course, it, it blows out. Which, what, did, uh, what did it get to
5: yesterday? One what? Uh, it was hot. Let's just go with that, Gil. It was 115 outside I th- I think, and 87 in the Pearls residence.
0: Yeah, well, not that. High. It
5: actually yeah. never got to 87. We <laughs> cut it off
0: before that. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, no, uh, it's good to be in with you. Good to be uh, good to be here with number seven as well. It's, uh, number it's, seven. It's, it's, it's a good morning. Uh, it, it still does not even, – even though the heat indicates that it's July, yes. Gil, It does not feel like July still. It just is very odd with having a cup final end last night uh, and NBA finals continuing tonight. It just doesn't feel like early July on the sports calendar. I'm so glad it
5: has bled longer. Yes. Um, It's not a bad thing. Although after this week, it gets a little dicey. Admittedly, Uh, it does drop off a cliff, but at least the distance between these sports and football is is lessened. So football right around the corner. By the way, let's just start with a Wimbledon update. Uh, Ash body, Ashley Barty. It appears is about to take down Angelique Kerber, and uh, Barty won the first set six three. She is oh yeah, she's uh, she's she's bageling her in the in the second set tiebreaker. So she has six match points. So uh, Ash Barty could be headed if she just gets this done here with the uh, next point. She could be headed to her first ever Wimbledon final. Ashley Barty, who has won one Grand Slam in her career, she won the 2019 French Open. Uh, seeking to win her second, but seeking to get to her first Wimbledon's final. By the way, Angelique Kerber, who she's about to beat, is a three-time Slam champion, including having won Wimbledon in 2018, also won the Australian Open and the U.S. Open back in 2016. So she's no slouch. We won on her a few times. But uh, Barty's going to get it done here. We did not have a play here. Where I do have a play, and I just want to reiterate this because the match will start shortly after this one ends, and uh, Kerber will try to remain alive for another point, and she does. (laughs) and she sarcastically pumps her fist in the air since he got one point in the tiebreaker. Um, But I'm on Karolina Pliskova. I mentioned this on a numbers game. I've mentioned this on Primetime Action. I've basically mentioned it three times on air since the semis were set, uh, since we've had 48 hours to do this. Karolina Pliskova is a plus 178 dog in the second women's semi today against Arena Sabalenka. And I mentioned, and again, this is a numbers game. We always go to the data on tennis, that uh, 24... Month, talking two year grass data up to the round of 32 this year, because that was the last time I actually uh, uh, updated it here during the week. But essentially, if you go back in time, grass data, Carolina Pliskova has 109.5 aggregate data in terms of serve percentage one and return serve percentage one on this surface. Now, if you say, okay, what, is, what does that mean? What does 109 mean? 110 is like super duper elite. The only two players that really have better grass court data over the last twenty-four months than Karolina Pliskova are the aforementioned Ashley Barty and Garbine Muguruza, who got bounced earlier in this tournament by Anjibor. So, by the way, Sabalenka about one hundred five. Sabalenka in that time period one hundred five point one. So, Pliskova not only shouldn't be this big of a dog, you could possibly make the case that she should be a favorite in this. Now in any given tennis match, uh, anybody can win anything. So do I. Do I expect it necessarily to happen? I, I kind of do. But um, would I would I be shocked if Sabalenka won? No, I would not be. But at plus one seventy eight, this is absolutely a play on Karolina Pliskova in this next uh, in this next semifinal. By the way, Ashley Barty has uh, failed to convert on the first three match points. She's got three more here. Uh, could you imagine? Uh, so we'll see how that goes down here at the end. By the way, our buddy Dan Weston. He he and I do not communicate on there. It is Ashley Barty does advance to her first Wimbledon semifinal in pursuit of her second Grand Slam title. So congratulations to her. Um, Dan Weston, who is you know my global tennis guru, who I who I think is the greatest tennis handicapper of them all. We don't communicate before when we make our picks. He put out his pick this morning. It happens to be on Carolina Pliskova as well. So if you like a little bit of simpatico. In tennis, between Dan and I, uh, between Dan and me, I should say, that is the case. It's Gil Alexander, Jeff Parles, and of course Jason Kahn here on a numbers game at Visa and the Sports Betting Network. And and just to wrap that up, what Dan did was just take the grass court data from this specific Wimbledon tournament. So he just narrowed it down to this. Remember, mine was over a two-year span, and what he found was that in this tournament, his numbers that Pliskova is up to 116 combined points, one percentage, serve and return. Sabalenka elevates to 110.9, but still even with both players elevating, Pliskova remains, by the data, the better grass court player. And as a matter of fact, Pliskova, of the four remaining semifinalists, by far the best grass court data in this tournament might some people might find that surprising so that's the play this morning plus 178 you jumping on parlay oh i I, if you and dan are on the same pick how could i not well how
0: could i not i I, I don't care if 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 it's been a, a a weird wimbledon because of the lack of data and the lack of a of a grass court season uh, the, going into this tournament, but I mean, come on. You, you and Dan on the same pick? We'll do it. If it loses, it loses. So it, be loses it
5: loses. So be it. Plus 178. That, and that was the thing, you know, before the French, the week before the French Open, uh, before I went on vacation, I was here, and we hit four dogs on clay of north of $2, one north of $3, and people on the numbers game, that I would. this is why tennis, to me, is still the best sport to bet. Because if you did that in baseball, you would think you have hit the, the royal flush of dogs, right? But you could do that in tennis based on data. Now, I did, by the way, I had two horrible first-round days in the French Open, so things can turn on you also, don't get me wrong. But uh, over time, tennis, to me, is still the sport to bet. By the way, yesterday, talking about global sports, and so we'll get to the NBA here momentarily, parlay. But uh, yesterday... The second semifinal in Euro Cup 2020. Yep, England gets by uh, Denmark. The feel-good story, and I don't even want to say feel-good because that kind of diminishes what happened. Christian Eriksen literally having to have his heart restarted in the first uh, leg of the uh, of the group stage for Denmark, but England gets by Denmark two to one, and they do so on <laughs> they do so in the in the extra time. You always have to be careful how you word this because added time is the the amount of minutes they put on at the end of each half, which is also arbitrary and needs a 30 for 30. But in extra time, uh, Harry Kane gets a penalty kick because there is a, there is such a questionable call made. Uh, by the way, there were two soccer balls on the field too. Let's just start there. <laughs> that was <laughs> the best part of the whole thing. It's like, wait a minute. There are two soccer balls on the field. Let's just remove that from the equation. And then, uh, you know, you it's a home game for England. You wonder, we always talk about this in the NBA with refs. So there's, I don't know if that's a penalty kick. I, you know, other people who watch more soccer than I do could tell me if that's a, uh, an actual penalty, but it survived review. And so they get a PK, which is just, you know, from point blank range. So here's my tweet on this yesterday, because Harry Kane basically Schmeigel, the, uh, the Denmark uh, goalkeeper, gets the save, but it rebounds right back to Kane who puts the biscuit in the basket, and that's all. it. So I said, so to review, the penalty is questionable at best. The goaltender, by the way, I should say goalkeeper, Jorge Mondaca, producer number three, immediately admonished me for that. Then, <laughs> has, then has virtually no chance on the PK. But even if he saves it, he better corral it, or dude gets to pop it into the empty net with no one else around. And the goalkeeper lying on the ground seems fair. Uh, most people were all about that. There's a couple of people who are like, oh, he was, what do you mean? What if the other team took it down the field? I'm like, is that the same thing? I just think if you get a, you get a questionable PK, PKs are so easy to begin with. If you save it, you. Everybody else is behind Kane. It's like a technical foul in the NBA, right? Where if you miss it, everybody's behind you. You still get to get the board and put it back. That'd be a pretty good incentive to get people to stop getting taxed in the NBA. Actually, <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> anyway, it, I, some of these others were decided in PKs themselves, which is beyond the added, t- beyond the extra time, right? Mm-hmm. And that's like uh, the analogy I gave was settling an NFL game by having a quarterback and one wide out flanked out, you know, at the, at, on the sideline almost with one corner. And it's just like those three guys on a football field make it happen. International soccer, everybody.
0: For what it's worth, for what it's worth, Gil, it's not surprising to me at all that that was called. <laughs> I'm sure it I, wasn't. Not, not shocking at all. Yeah. And I thought England was going to find one eventually in the extra time. Uh, just the way that Denmark was really just holding on for dear life.
3: England <laughs> le- did have the it, better
0: England of it. Was, England was the better better, yeah. better side for the majority of the second half and all of extra time. But look, good, good on Denmark, where again, uh, the tournament starts in as horrifying fashion as humanly possible with what happened with Ericsson. They, it, UEFA says you can either come back today or come back tomorrow instead of giving them an actual day, extra That's day right. off. So they go back later that day, lose to a Finland team that really just wasn't any good. Can't blame them for losing that match because of what had happened. You lose to Belgium, who's number one in the world and then come back, destroy Russia and then get all the way to a semifinal. Good on Denmark to get there. And, uh, and look, we get a really good final between oh. Italy and England who, again, England trying to exercise their international Tournament demons, yes, and the Italians again, finally back on the stage since uh, winning that World Cup in 06.
5: It, it will to to say that it will be nuts in England if they win. Ah, this. Just 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 a tad. There might be a couple drinks imbibed that day. It might be actually either way, whether they win or lose. But that is a that is a great final. On uh, Sunday, between at least potentially, at least on paper, sets up to be a great final between England and Italy. But I am fascinated by all things soccer, that because from the American sensibilities, again, it's so completely foreign to us the things that happen out there on the pitch. By the way, on the pitch, um, so it's always uh, it's always interesting. And uh, congratulations to Engleford, England for the win. Nonetheless, getting getting the best of that, the line on that, the three way line on Sunday, England plus one sixty three. They're the short shot. Italy plus one ninety eight. The draw at plus two hundred eight. Remember, ninety minutes and added time. You think you'll be betting on that? No, no, no. I'm, I'm going to stay
0: off. Uh, the to raise the trophy odds. I actually expected England to be about minus one thirty. That has not been the, the the price that I've seen predominantly about minus one fifteen, minus one twenty. Yeah, minus one twenty one. I'm saying. is what I've seen. So maybe lay with England. I, I just I, I understand the past history that's against England, where it, they they're look they they choke in international tournaments. That's a known fact. And but but the fact that they got by yesterday, which was again the plucky underdog in their building, finding a way to get it done against that plucky underdog against an Italy team that, look, let's face it, Gil, they were relatively lucky to get by Spain. They oh, yeah. were lucky to win that match. Uh, Spain, who did not impress me at all this entire tournament, was the better side for the majority of the match, and Italy found a way in PKs with. One of one of the most uh one of the most uh just like Jorginho's penalty to win it, like you have just no chance whatsoever
5: if you're to keep her there. And
0: <laughs> even even uh he gave him a clap afterwards like, All right, I've nothing I can do. Congratulations. I
5: was totally torn during the uh, Spain Italy semifinal. I was like, Do I root for my Sephardic Jewish background or, <laughs> or what my heritage DNA tells me I am? Oh it was such a struggle. Uh, okay, let's talk a little uh NBA. Jason, you're uh, you're you're hitting me on the phone here for something. Uh, do we have breaking news? Breaking, this is from uh, ESPN, spectators will be barred from all venues at the Olympic Games, which start later this month in Tokyo and a coronavirus related state of emergency announced today. Oh boy. So there's that. For those who are betting on the Olympics, just know no fans will be in the stand, whatever that means for whatever sport, but whew, I don't want I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of uh, if this is a, renewing trend now but that's the latest for the Olympics anyway which you'll be here for it should be noted yeah uh, I'll be be
0: in for you I I don't I I, I don't let's put it this way Gil just knowing how again there have been a little spikes here and there here in the US I have a very hard time seeing this go in a fashion like (laughs) like it did in these Olympic games Uh, and again the US uh, just comparing to what happening is happening here uh, much higher vaccination rate here than in Japan. That's the main reason. Yes, for this uh, only twenty percent vaccination rate in japan right now that's the main reason for this uh for for no fans at the olympics
5: before we get to basketball tampa bay lightning of course the other big thing that uh, happened and probably the biggest thing that happened in uh, north american sports yesterday Uh, lightning do get it done in five games against the montreal canadiens the upstart canadiens who were eight games below 500 the regular season got all the way to the finals or excuse me pardon me the final singular uh, did get the one win in game four, but succumbed last night one to nothing. And Tampa Bay back-to-back champions. Now they have a chance for a three-peat. First time since the early eighties Islanders who won four in a row back then. Um, Lightning, not the favorite though, not the short shot going into next year. The avalanche are.
0: Yeah, that's, I, I, I don't agree with that. You don't. I think Tampa should be the short. I do shot do too. Yeah, they're just, I understand how difficult it is to win back-to-back. I understand it is Darn near impossible to win back to back to back in the NHL, mostly because uh, best of fifty one. Gil, just as as, as we, uh, Stats by Lopez. It, it, shout out, yes, yeah, that's by Lopez. Always the uh, shout out there. But explain that to folks. So who know uh, in order for the what is it the favorite to win eighty percent of the series, it has to be a best of fifty one, correct? Yeah.
5: yeah so favorite... which is equal to what happens in the NBA, correct? Yeah. Yeah. That's how random hockey is. Yeah. You'd, you'd have to play fifty one, best of fifty one, for it to manifest. No,
0: it, look, it's just in, insane in that regard. But Gil, look. Uh, first off, the only disappointment with this, I, I had a lightning in four ticket, so I'm blaming the lightning winning in five on the mayor <laughs> of Tampa Bay for saying that she wanted them to clinch at home and yeah. lose that game four uh, intentionally, even though, again, Vasilevsky uh, was so good in that game and it's so good in that series. Good on everyone who bet Vasilevsky early in this postseason to win the con Smythe. Yes. Good work by everyone there because as soon as Tampa got to the semifinal round, it didn't matter that Braden Point had scored in eight straight games. If Tampa was winning the cup, they were winning the cup because Vasilevsky was. Uh was uh, just at another level, and he was again. Though it, though it did
5: shorten, didn't it? They he, got down to like minus 125 before last night's game. What, Vasilevsky? Vasilevsky? Yeah. Oh, Vasilevsky delayed $2, yeah. I'm pretty sure. So. Well, no, but I know. But before he, last night's game, oh, I thought it, it got Oh, it got down to
0: about minus 150, I think, was the bottom, oh, right? Oh, yeah, we flashed up minus
5: so 125. So minus 125, that's yeah. pretty good if that's yeah. the case.
0: If you bet minus 125 before last night, yeah. you, you did even better because you got a, a steal of a price. But Gil you know, Vasilevsky now... Going back to last year's cup final has pitched a shutout in every clinching game that Taffa has had. i told you, last you can't, two can't do better days. than that. No, you, you can't. I mean, yeah. back-to-back one-nothings and clinchers here. Game seven against the Islanders. Game uh, five last night against Montreal. But look, the best team won the tournament, Gil. Yes. I, I, and I think... It's pretty apparent what we watched the last six weeks that Tampa was far and away the best team in the NHL, and it manifested over this postseason. They're
5: stacked, by the way, just to give those uh, per BetMGM for next year's Cup: Avalanche five to one, the short shot. The Vegas Golden Knights plus six fifty. This is BetMGM Nevada. Uh, Knights plus 650, then the Lightning at plus 750, and then it's the uh, the double-digit parade, beginning with the Bruins at 12-to-1, the Hurricanes at 14-to-1, the Leafs at 14-to-1. Oh, Toronto. I know. Still trying. The Canadiens, who uh, lost last night, 18-to-1. Your Islanders, can I call them your Islanders? Sure. At 18-to-1, and then the Penguins at 18-to-1 as well. Where are the Caps? 25-to-1. Uh, so, uh, cap, the caps are older than, than, uh, yes. than, than, uh, than anyone else. Now they at this they point. are. It's funny. I asked Andy McNeil about that. Though. I'm like, D- don't they need to revamp? He's like, no, eh, just go at it again with the same guys. I'm go like, at it again. Yeah. Run, hey,
0: have a good regular season, run completely out of gas in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> That's a good strategy. In what, all was all the, honesty. what
5: was this? Uh, the, it was the year after they won the cup. So 2019. Were they playing Columbus in the first round? And I don't know if it got to the like the last period of the last game. You could see the Caps were like, "Yeah, we're done. We have no shot at this. We have no. We have, we're completely fatigued. Go get it, young whippersnappers."
0: Well, then that was another one where they had the great regular season, and then it was Carolina, by the way. Who Carolina, was, I'm sorry, who, again, Carolina it. was yeah. a young was. That was the first good Hurricane team in this run that mm-hmm. they've had. So, yeah, it was the the young guns just had uh, had the gas left and the Caps did not.
5: All right, I'm going to ask you about basketball. We'll, yes. take it, we'll take it through the break, but let's start here. Obviously, uh, Phoenix up one to nothing tonight. NBA Finals, game number two. Uh, we look forward to that in Phoenix once again. We saw Giannis looking pretty spry in game number Looked one. Pretty good. Uh, I think it was Wes... Re- was it Wes Reynolds? I, I, I'm so sorry if it wasn't Wes, but I think it was Wes who said this. Or, no, it was Preston Johnson last night on Primetime Action. Preston, uh, sports cheetah, was uh, kind enough to join us on Primetime Action, which I don't know if you know this, Jeff. I do with Matt Brown, Daniel Alvari, and uh, Kelly Bidlin. You'll be doing Primetime Action while I'm gone, too. You The full... The full two a day experience for you yes, uh, I, I don't I, I don't know who's hosting with me yet. I know
0: Danielle will be here. I don't know who the uh, the third uh, not the third that person information. Will be. I, know, I know you uh, I know you don't have that info, so we'll no. see
5: but but uh, president said last night which I thought was a point that needed to be made, which is we just kind of assume that because we saw Giannis in game one, that he will only continue to improve physically as the series goes on. But I don't think we should make that assumption necessarily, right? Because it, it is a hyperextended need. Yeah. It, you know, it's,
0: I was surprised how good he looked in game one. I was too. I was very surprised. <laughs> it was less than a week. And also kind of indicates, Gil, that you probably would have seen Giannis in game seven against Atlanta if needed because game seven would have been Monday, which would have been one day sooner. But, but it, the big thing for Milwaukee that, can, that concerns me more than anything, forget Giannis's health, it's that Mike Budenholzer just does not adjust (laughs) in-game. And we've said it for Uh, years now with Budenholzer. (laughs) And in game one, Gil, the drop defense on the pick and roll basically led to that game going from a tight game to out of control in the blink of an eye because of the lack of adjustment. And and look, how how long can you leave Brook Lopez and Bobby Portis out there to just get – just? Get destroyed by Chris Paul like he, like they did in the second half. So, look if Budenholzer again, Budenholzer obviously is going to be the coach for the series. Gil. they're not going to do anything totally ridiculous in the middle of the series. But Mike, we have a we have th- to talk to you. Look, look, this is Atlanta did not have enough talent to take advantage of the coaching advantage they had. McMillan's a much better coach than Budenholzer. Monty Williams a much better coach than Budenholzer. But Phoenix has the talent ability to take advantage of the coaching mismatch. So, look, I think five is right tonight. I don't think I'm going to bet yeah, it. Down, down to five. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's right. It's probably a no bet for me. But for the rest of this series, Phoenix was rightfully favored pre-series. And they're as rightfully a big a favorite as they are now. Uh, based off what I saw in Game One.
5: Yeah, there there are ways where you could look at it. That their 13 point win probably was cosmetically low based on what yeah, was out there. Yeah, it felt like 18 was probably about the right number. There's also a way you could look at it where the Bucks probably spin that first game, not too, you know, negatively as well. I asked this of uh, JVT yesterday. I'll ask it of you coming back after the break. How should the Bucks feel? And uh, how would you bet MVP moving forward as well? That strategy, and then we'll talk some baseball. Uh, with Jeff Parlay right here on A Numbers Game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
3: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe.
2: Mexico will likely have its first female
4: president.
3: And then you have China.
5: Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. With basketball, hockey, and baseball games every week, it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM, state-of-the-art technology, and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Uh, we get tweets at beating the book and uh, some nice ones all over the place. Las Vegas 514. Yo, Rafael Nadal coming back to tennis here in D.C. at the City Open. Rock Creek Park Tennis Park is the venue. Going to go to my first tennis match with tickets in my pocket. Let's go. Uh, this is also from Tim, Vegas T-Bone. He said, did you see this? Fans pointed a laser into a uh, goalkeeper's eyes. Schmeichel had a laser point in his eyes during that also? I didn't even see that. Oh, my goodness. And, Wouldn't shock me. and the drama continues. Uh, okay, so I, I don't want to ask you the exact same questions I asked of JBT yesterday, but but uh, I think it's worthwhile. If you're the Bucks, can't you spin that game? I mean, if you're a Bucks better, can't you say to yourself, okay, we hit 16 threes. And by the way, that could be sustainable because they're bad defending the arc. Giannis looked a whole bunch better than we thought he would. And... We didn't end up losing by that much in the end. In fact, we had cut it to, you know, I don't, they're not talking about the spread, but they had gotten it into single digits after being down 20 twice. And you could say to yourself, well, the main thing is, and the refs, they got 10 more, Phoenix got 10 more foul shots than we did. So you could spin it that way if you're a Bucks fan, and, and I guess the or Bucks better, and I guess the, the main thing I want to ask you from that is, uh, if that's the case and you had pre-series conviction on the Bucs, would you not take the points tonight? Would you bet the Bucks now on the series down one oh? You can get like plus two seventy on it, or would you bet some combination of Giannis and Middleton to win M V P at six to one and seven to one respectively, or shop around? I we're showing plus two four. I, I,
0: I, I don't I don't way. know. I don't think I saw enough in game one to say that it's worth betting even if I had Milwaukee pre-series I would not double down if I had Milwaukee pre-series that's no, but how if I, you didn't though if I didn't no I don't think I would and I understand look 20 there were 10 more free throw attempts uh, but here's the one 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 difference on that too if Milwaukee had 10 more free throw attempts we have to assume that six of those are Giannis misses. <laughs> That's right. So and
5: Phoenix hit everyone and, but and, one.
0: And Phoenix, a good free throw shooting team yeah. to begin with, are they ninety six percent good? No, but they're still. If they're going to regress, Gil, they're going to probably regress to the low eighties, the high seventies. So still much better than what Milwaukee would do with an extra uh, extra ten free throws. So I don't think that really works out. I think the other thing too, and again, I'm telling Gil. I, when I don't trust the head coach, I can't put a bet on a team. Uh, that, that's really you. what it comes down to. And I understand that, hey, look, Bootholes are finally getting his team over the hump. Granted, it took Kyrie Irving getting hurt and Trey Young getting hurt to get over the hump. But look, you, you take advantage of your breaks and exactly like Phoenix getting sure. here. The royal where, flush it, it, where, where Phoenix looked dead to rights against the Lakers and then Anthony Davis gets hurt and that series completely flips on its head because of the AD injury. But look, from what I saw in Game One, Phoenix is just a better basketball team. So I would not go back and bet Milwaukee. The only thing I'd consider is if Milwaukee comes back and win this, wins this wins the series. Gil, it's going to be because Giannis had a monster series. Well, so, that's so that I would ask. be the only that would be the only Milwaukee sided bet I would consider. Would be taking Giannis to win the MVP to basically double what it was going into the series.
5: That would be the only bet I would consider. Here. That's the answer I was looking for. Now yeah. he's down. He was six to one last night. Now he's five to one. Yeah, it's still, I still
0: would consider that.
5: Yeah, no, no, you know, quarter unit, half unit on Middleton at ten to one. I know. I don't think. No. I, I, I just think again when we're voting on. Award, uh,
0: betting on awards that are voted on, you have to take the narrative into account. Yes. And if Giannis is able to play, and Giannis played a high level in game one, if he's able to play at a high level again in game, in the rest of this series and Milwaukee wins, it's probably going to be because he's playing at that high level. And so. that's
5: why the Phoenix side of that is talking about narrative. That's
0: why Chris it, Paul is
5: rightfully laying a price. <laughs> I'd almost, I'd almost lay that. If you think Phoenix is winning this series, I'd still almost lay the minus minus one forty-five. I know some people are like, no, it's not as good a number. Yeah, but if if DeAndre Ayton can go twenty-two and nineteen in Game One and still get outshined yeah. by Chris Paul, uh, that might be all you need to know. Of course, Devin Booker could go off too, but I'm saying I, I'm thinking Chris Paul. We were talking about this last night too. I'm thinking Chris Paul needs one more ridiculously amazing game, and that's about all he needs to be the only leader. one. Oh, the only one. In
0: the only one in a, in a victorious yeah. effort
5: for Phoenix, and that's yeah. it. His, and especially if it's a clinching game, forget it. His two will trump. Like a, a very good three games by somebody else on his team.
0: It look, DeAndre Ayton, like you said, nearly won twenty twenty, and no one cares. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's it's amazing. That's how good
5: Chris Paul was in Game One. We'll come back. Uh, I did the uh, the mid season MLB podcast, beating the book podcast yesterday with Paul Spoor and Jason Weingarden, uh, and we, in the process, we looked back at some of our preseason predictions. We will mock some of those, and we will laud some of them with Jeff Parles still in studio here with us. Kind enough to join us this morning on a numbers game at Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. To a numbers game with Gil Alexander. VEASAN is your betting headquarters for UFC 264. We're bringing you in depth analysis of the McGregor Poirier main event, plus, keep outs on the other card from our full team of experts, including Gambaloo, Lou Finicaro, Reed Kuhn, and Jordan Sherwood. Sign up for the free Visa newsletter to receive our digital guide and tune in Saturday at noon Eastern for First Strike, our live preview show with updates from all of our fight experts. Get everything you need for betting on UFC 264 and sign up now for the free UFC 264 betting guide at VEASAN.com slash free That's veasan.com/slash/free. You going to bet on this one, Poirier McGregor? I haven't decided yet. The only
0: problem is the side that I like in that match. It's kind of starting to take off a little bit. You like McGregor? No, I like, you Poirier. like Poirier. I like Poirier. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't see <laughs> again. I, the last time these guys fought, it was uh, wasn't really particularly tight. There, Gil.
5: Yeah, uh, it. You know, most people, most betters that you will hear, love Poirier here. That uh, Conor McGregor is on the downside, let's say, or has enough money in his bank account now that this won't mean as much to him anymore. How can you, you know, the theory going, how can you really have enough motivation if you got 500 mil for your uh, your liquor company?
0: I, I will say the, the, the co-main, that fight is, it, it, I'm very interested to see what our experts have to say on that one, because... Getting Gilbert Burns at a plus price is is kind of a juicy proposition for me. So that that's the one I'm going to be looking at more from a betting perspective. Again, it's a it's a McGregor fight. It's Vegas. Oh, and by the way, Saturday, Gil, uh. I, I, I I don't I I'm I'm kind of floored that this happened. Even though Vegas will probably be able to handle it, but the fact that Garth Brooks is Concert got rescheduled for Saturday on the night of a McGregor fight. Yeah, we could have traffic Armageddon here on
5: Saturday. I came out of a Bruno Mars concert at Park MGM once, where there was a UFC event right across at T-Mobile. That was bad enough, and I had to get to the airport too, which was oh, forget was, it, was insane. Done so. But this is Garth Brooks across the freeway. They do have a walkway, so I'm wondering this will be a this will be an interesting case study for traffic will it be a will it be congestion or will will they have figured it out i'm guessing it will be a whole bunch of congestion I, I, i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah. say it's going to be a problem yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna say, say gonna i'm gonna problem. say
0: if you're a uh, if you're in downtown Vegas and trying to get to uh get to the strip go to local route. I would say that would be the way to do a Void 15. That would be my guess. Don't
5: you worry though. I'm going to Bieber tomorrow night. Oh, there we I'm go. missing all of that. Yes. Bieber baby. There it is. Ah, oh, let the hate wash over me. I don't care what you think. Uh Poirier, by the way is minus 142. Yeah, he's not he's, start- not he's not getting away, but I see what you're saying. He's creeping up. But are you expecting the Conor Money to still come in? I, I mean it, it, it's a, it's a McGregor fight. You know yeah. you know there will be people that that throw
0: down uh a good amount of money that will probably end up being a good donation to whatever uh, casino they bet at.
5: Yeah, let's just put it this way. I don't have any money in my account on this yet, but by fight time, I'm sure I will have some.
0: Yeah, and, yeah. and keep in mind, part of the only reason I'm saying it's starting to get away a little bit is that Poirier was minus one twenty, yeah. minus one fifteen for the longest time. Yes. So we're just starting. We're now the money is finally coming in, and hey, look, I expected it to come in on Poirier anyway.
5: Yeah. How are we doing down there at uh, uh in the bottom corner? One to one. Uh, in the first set, they they both uh, held their serve the first time through, but uh, right now it's love thirty for uh, Sabalenka. So we have a we have a first opportunity, if you will, Jeffrey, where okay. uh, Pliskova could uh, try to break Sabalenka here. if She she may have some opportunities. We'll see. We'll keep an eye on that. Uh, but there's a beautiful forehand by Sabalenka right there. Okay, so baseball. So yesterday, yes. the Beating the Book podcast, I got off my butt and did a Beating the Book podcast episode. Very nice. Uh, first one since the draft, maybe? Uh, but this was our midseason baseball report. And I brought back Paul Sporer from FanGraphs and, of course, Jason Weingarten, who are numbers game regulars. Jason Weingarten from uh, Points Red Weekly, Spreadopedia, Under Cloud of Smoke in Southern Cali. Matt Vaskersian could not make the midseason report. He was with us for the preseason one. So we went back and we sort of part of it was to review what our predictions were. And it's it's always interesting and especially with baseball, right? Because there's 162 games over 80 plus games. It's amazing what can change. So first of all, the Red Sox were 23 to one to win the AL East before the season. None of us, you know, none of us, none. And Red Sox under 80
0: and a half was my favorite bet going yeah. into
5: the year. <laughs> none of us even peeps the words red and Sox. Uh, by the way, there's my uh season. I've only made thirty-seven baseball picks. By the way, that's that's the other thing. juxtaposed against tennis. Thirty-seven bets. That's it's good. Like thirty-seven entire bets. It's like yeah, there's two point six nine units for you. Just a grind. Um so by the way, uh Sabalenka has fought back brilliantly in this particular uh Serve game. But uh, none of us mentioned the Red Sox. Vaskursion liked the Jays, the baby Jays at plus 520. We'll see. We'll see if they're a uh, buyer at the trade deadline. Jason liked the Yankees at minus 200 to win the AL East before the season. Spore liked both the Jays of the race, some combination of them at that value. Uh, I, and here I'll make fun of myself. So there were these, these head to heads that were offered at DraftKings before the season. The White Sox were giving 12 and a half. Remember they had these regional head to heads? The White Sox were giving 12 and a half games to the Cubs. Oh, and I laughed. No, I didn't really laugh. But I, I, I thought, I was like, that's way too many games. Like, I'm not as bullish on the White Sox as everybody else is. But here the Cubs have now lost a million games in a row, and they're actually eight and a half games going into yesterday were eight and a half games worse than the White Sox. Um, I'll update that now. But that's, you know, so all of a sudden, the joke's on me, right? Not so funny at all.
0: Well, that was one of those where you look pretty good for uh, if the season ended in June, you would have, uh, yeah. <laughs> you would have look how smart not would have so been much. Perfect. Look, look, the Cubs were always a team that I thought were not going to be any good this year. Even though them and the Reds were in the were in the, both in the weird scenario of if they're in the race, they will probably buy or keep their guys, and if they're out of the race, they're going to sell. So I didn't want anything to do with those two teams pre, uh, pre preseason betting wise. The Cubs are looking like look. This continues another 10 days for the Cubs, and there's six games under five hundred.
5: That's sellapalooza there on the north side, Gil. Well, I asked Josh Towers yesterday, and I think this is a valid question. If the Cubs don't come back and win game seven in the World Series, which, of course, they did. Oh, this this whole era is a failure. Well, well, I'm saying if they didn't win that, let's say the Rajai Davis home run goes down as one of the most amazing things in the history of any postseason of any sport. You know, choked up on the bat, facing Chapman. Oh, uh, double-digited bat. Not a home yeah. run hitter, and he, and he just yanks it over the fence. I went ballistic. Then there was that short-reign delay, and the Cubs came back and won the World Series first time since 1908, famously. But if they never win that game, Aren't all of these guys gone already? Probably. Probably. Uh, I, I feel like everyone but Rizzo would be. I
0: think Rizzo would still be there. He's still there. Rizzo and Baez Heart would both be there. I think the two of those guys would be there. But Brian
5: would Brian would have been traded already. It's like the Giants kind of went through this with Mad Bum. The mm-hmm. Mad Bum was like the the you know, three World yeah, but Series Buster, But
0: Buster Posey's still there and making all-star yeah, make
5: games. Making all-star games. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there was another one, too. There was another head-to-head within the AL Central. The Twins were plus 135 versus the White Sox. By the way, it's still eight and a half right now between the White Sox and Cubs. The Twins were plus 135 versus the White Sox. Like, Pakota had the Twins nine games better than the White Sox or something. And I was like, plus 135, I'll take it. And the Twins are. Nope. <laughs> nope. The Twins are, are what? How many 15 games? 15 and back? a half out. 15 and a half out. That's all. So that doesn't look too good. We'll go through some more of these. We'll get uh, parlays. Uh, any Pixie has today on the Major League Baseball slate. It is a numbers game right here at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, and the crack man unscripted in hour number two.
4: You can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics,
5: Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. Numbers Game proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. Discover BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up today and win $100 if you place a $1 wager on any NBA finals game and either team hits a three-pointer, regardless of your bet's outcome. Simply use bonus code VESAN100 when you place your first bet. Enjoy the finals more than ever with BetMGM, new customer offer, paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disabilities persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and D.C. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. We get tweets at beating the book. Always appreciate the, uh, the feedback. This is from uh, Capping by Chris Jeffrey. Jeff Mm -hmm. Parlay here. Everybody, Uh, while I mostly agree with the Budenholzer analysis, it is funny to consider that he's beaten two top ten coaches to get here.
0: Okay, so we're counting McMillan and Spo, correct? We're not counting Nash, right? That's correct. Okay, I think. Yeah, no, look, that that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Absolutely fair, and especially with how Spo and the Heat dismantled Milwaukee in the bubble a year ago. Yes, that is true. It just, again, it, for for me with Budenholzer, and it's always been the case, He's other than those Atlanta teams that overachieved greatly in the regular season, and really I don't think we're really all that good, and then the one time they finally make the conference finals, everyone got hurt, so it was a bloodbath against Cleveland with LeBron. Uh, but, but this Milwaukee run with him is just, again, when you have a multi-time MVP and a multi-time All-Star, you should have... Look, the Toronto series was still the worst of the worst, even worse than the Miami one. Still can't really, the bubble was such a weird handicapping thing. But look, it's it just in, in that Atlanta series, Gil, if Trey Young doesn't get hurt, I really do think the Hawks win that series. Later even two. if Giannis Later stays two. healthy. I, I think Trey Young's accidental step back, a fluky injury was what flipped that series more than anything.
5: Did we break? We broke. We did. Good. Oh
0: no, we, oh, didn't. No, that no, was an we don't. Ace. Oh no, no, we
5: do Come on. Oh, I thought that was it. I thought that oh, was you're a getting, double you're... fault. It was an ace? Apparently so. Or was called in anyway? All right, deuce. Anyway, I'm sorry. I got excited. Um, sorry about that. Vegas Valkyrie, uh, talking about Andy McNeil now that hockey season is over, says, Andy, I don't I don't bet hockey. Never played the sport, but never once found myself turning off your spots on uh on a numbers game, always walked away learning something. Appreciate you all the best. And Desert Vagrant, hey, Gil, what's more ridiculous at Wimbledon? Is it the exaggerated frenzy of the ball boys, or is it the phalanx of overdressed judges? (laughs) Why why are there so many unnecessary people on the court when all the officiating is done by camera and computer? It's an excellent question, Desert Vagrant, to which I do not have an answer. Another breakpoint opportunity and another missed uh, chance at it. So uh, deuce once again for Carolina Pliskova and, uh, and Arita Sabalenka tied up at two apiece here in the first set. All right, uh, more, yes. more of these baseball things that I just, again, these are designed to poke fun at ourselves and also to, in, in some cases, really praise some of these guys because some of these bets are just phenomenal. So Astros minus 124 versus the A's uh, was the head-to-head before the season. Obviously, the Astros having the upper hand right now and the Astros... Maybe the favorite to go to the World Series, I think, for sure, in the AL right now. Jason was not high on Houston or Oakland. Sporer was on both. Jason liked the Angels, but, of course, he liked the Angels thinking Mike Trout would be there. And that obviously hasn't been the case. Paul actually liked the Mariners as a dark horse, and there they sit, four games above 500, headed into last night. So, you know, he Paul kind of nailed the AL West. Paul and Jason both, well, Paul and Vaskirjian, Matt Vaskirjian, both like the Nats. Actually, Matt Vaskirjian liked the Braves, but he said, if you want me to get sexy with it, I'll take the Nats. Paul does as well. Nats entrenched in the middle of this. By the way, Sabalenka holds after all that, which stinks. Uh, Vaskirjian also liked the Phillies as a dark horse there. Paul said, "Don't sleep on Trevor Rogers." Uh, the Pocota in the uh, in the NL Central had the Brewers, Cubs, and Cardinals in that order. Remember, the Cardinals were the short shot before the season at plus one thirty. The Brewers were plus two seventy five. Brewers obviously winning that. Currently going away. Fan Graphs had every team under five hundred in the NL Central. Besides <laughs> the Brewers, they're not that far off.
0: Oh, again, the Reds uh, have gotten hot recently. Yeah, uh, it's very interesting to look back at this in, in retrospect because Gill the 162 game season coming back after a game of uh, a year of 60. It, it kind of reminds us of how just how long <laughs> this it season is. It is
5: so. It's I'm so, so how, glad how, you said that. How
0: interminable this season really it is. It
5: is interminable, and that's why the trade deadline is so needed. Yeah, because it's like all right, at least we know now who's trying and who's not. Correct. And so it does give rebirth to the last two months of the season. But like this stretch, oh, my God.
0: Yeah, yeah. and look, I'll say this. First off, good on Paul to be on the Mariners. It would not shock me, though, if the Mariners legitimately play the second half as a 300-percentage win team. I don't think it would shock anybody. They're just that – they are the luckiest – team I think I've ever seen just they're you're just they're a minus 40 run
5: differential and they're three games over yeah by Pythag I think they are Mark Borchardt had them the second luckiest by his numbers he, he had, had the it. Cardinals he had I the remember Cardinals. and again naturally
0: yeah. once he said that the Cardinals went on a
5: giant losing
0: streak yeah. so Borchardt was all over that uh, I again the most the most fascinating thing so far and ba- two things for me one in each league the fact and you mentioned in the last segment the Red Sox are so much better than I think anyone would have expected, thought. mostly because we knew their offense was going to be good. We knew they had an elite offense. When you have Martinez, Bogarts, and Devers, your offense is going to be good. But their pitching is held up so well, and that's the big question mark, at least going into the second half with a two-and-a-half game lead over Tampa. Can their pitching sustain this enough, Gil, that they can hold the lead and hold the ALE's crown? Because for them, especially with question marks in their rotation, even with how good their lineup is, that is not a good mix to go into a one-game wild-card playoff with that no. team. Um, so no. if, if you're Boston, again, it's important to win your division, obviously, so you don't have to go in a one-and-done game. But for them, it is extraordinarily important because they don't ma- match well with a one-and-done game because they don't have an ace. I know Sale might come back, but who knows what he'll be. What's the div- what's the best division bet in baseball right now for Best you? division bet in di- baseball, just based off the sheer numbers? Yes. Probably Washington. In yeah. the NL East, I don't think they get there. I think the Mets still get there. The Mets have basically have been injured the whole season, have not hit at all, and have a four-game lead in the division. So the Mets probably still get there, but the Nats at least would be the one that I would look at. I, the NL West is intriguing. Yes, it is because you the know Gi- why it is. The, yes, because the Giants have been way over the top uh, with how good they've been. I look. At some point, I anticipate the Dodgers will get hot and run away with this Well, they're thing. already hot. They're going to They've win. lost all three in yeah. Miami to yeah. fall back a game and a half when it looked like they were finally <laughs> going to go ahead. What are we make of the Padres? That's the big question, Mark, because they're, I, they're very talented. Tatis, to me, probably is winning the NL MVP if he stays healthy, even with how great DeGrom has been. Oh, and by the way, DeGrom, DeGrom, uh, how, how bad is he now? Gill is, oh. is now his ERA is now doubled in his last two starts from 0. .52 to one hundred. So we've
5: debated that <laughs> on this show and on the and on the podcast. Yeah, he he just fell behind Bob Gibson for the greatest <laughs> ERA ever before the All Star break. He's so good. I think Gibson's was one point oh six and de Degrom is one point oh eight. Um, that was the other thing. You know, Jason doesn't believe he, he he believes that Degrom won't have enough innings to really get voted MVP. So, so so for Verdu- Tom Verducci said that
0: about two weeks ago. And yeah. again, this goes back to I don't know if I agree with that. I, I, I don't know if I agree with, with either.
5: But Because the, if the, you don't give it to DeGrom this year, you should never consider another pitcher for MVP. I, I ever. tend
0: to I tend to agree, assuming he keeps this up. Yeah. The the one big thing though, Gil, and and again this goes back to handicapping awards that are voted on by humans, and especially when those humans are baseball writers, which we know are a finicky bunch to begin with, Gil. I have a feeling that that is going to play a much bigger role than it should. And Tatis, look, Tatis's defense has been horrible this yes. year. Yes, it is. So has. that should ding him, but I don't. It should I, ding him. I don't think it will in the end. And especially if the, if the Padres find a way to win the NL West, I don't think they do. Well, it's going to be because Tatis has a monstrous second half. But
5: that's why I get back to the whole thing. And I've said this a thousand times, so people are going to get bored of it. But it's it's that's why. Like, how can Fernando Tatis Jr. be one of the favorites? He can be, by the way. But Brandon Crawford not be listed, right? Like your defense is leaps and bounds better than that guy. Your numbers aren't horrific anyway. That's my own little thing. Anyway, the Degrom whether he could win the MVP or not is an interesting debate. He's at plus one hundred right now. Degrom is at MGM. Tatis Jr. at plus one forty, and then Acuna, who may just be starting to get hot again in Acuna fashion, is six to one.
0: Yeah, the the Braves are. Yeah. I, I don't think the Braves are any good. The interesting one on that list, and I I know it probably won't happen would be if the Reds find a way to win the NL Central. Yes. And it's, it's would be either outfielder, either Castellanos or Winker. They've been, both of them are starting all-star uh, outfielders, and they both deserve to be. Those would be the interesting one. The problem is we're really going to give the MVP award to someone who's playing in Cincinnati. That's the big issue that
5: I think they would have to overcome. Uh, all fascinated. By the way, the la- just rounding out our preseason things, obviously everybody was on the Dodgers. And everybody thought the Padres were second best. I did say I love the Giants. I had uh, you know the uh, to make the playoffs. They were eight to one on the yes. I liked that as well. So that was probably my best call for sure. But Jason, Jason deserves. I think Paul's AL West was great. Jason though, he had Otani at thirty three to one already in pocket. Oh, man. for AL MVP. There was a William Hill when we recorded the opening uh, season one that was fifty to one. And his quote from that opening show uh, before the season started was, "I don't know how much more I want." I might get a little more <laughs> of Joey Otani, and that was when I was like, "What if he hits 22 homers and has 77 RBI?" Of course, he already has 31 homers and 68 RBI, so uh, that's hilarious. And then the, the you know, and then Jason had Degrom. He had Degrom for Cy Young at five to one and plus 450, and all these numbers that we now are you know we now look back on are ridiculous. And that's why I say if, if Garrett Cole falls off the cliff here, that people should grab Rodon at about three dollars. Because it doesn't seem so sexy now, but it may seem very sexy come end of season in the AL.
0: I just don't know who who really I I obviously Rodon is the second favorite but again I just don't trust anyone in that race and by the way if we are looking at the straight numbers yeah. Kyle Gibson deserves some run at, at AL Cy Young he, does. he won't because of where he pitches Texas, yeah. but he he deserves some run he's been that good in this first half Uh do you have a baseball picker too I do not actually You do not I do okay. not I I've been I'm going your style a little more conservative on uh, on betting baseball here
5: Yeah that'll pick up in August for me in September I yeah. think uh, but uh, as for now, very deliberate. Jeff Parles, everybody, uh, also a producer number five, but of course the host of of Bet Center here at Visan as well. And will sit in for me on a numbers game and on primetime action come two weeks from now. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Parlay the best. Uh, we'll come back. Bill Krakenberger, unscripted next, right here on Visan, the Sports Betting Network, a numbers game.